About a brief sprinkle, most places will remain dry around or just over 50. Tonight, mainly clear, colder, 25 to around 30. Sunday, plenty of sun and pleasant, 50 to 55. Clouding up Sunday night, and it looks like a wet one on Monday, cloudy with rain developing that may be heavy at times. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech, Stephen Keeter's weekly show. Stephen can't be with us here today. No, I'm just kidding. He's right there. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Very good. Very how, good. How was your tur- your turkey? Thanksgiving, a very enjoyable holiday. I, uh, you know, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Everybody had a great time with friends and family, and uh, w- certainly weather is great. You know, to enjoy oh, yeah. the weekend. Uh, we have uh, some specials from our sponsors. Sam's Meat Warehouse is uh, doing a great uh, sale. Anything and everything in the store is 10% off, which you can increase to 20% off if you bring a donation. Toys for Tots Drive, uh, unwrapped new toy for military personnel uh, children. That is really nice. And, that, you know, it's nice that you do real things like that that actually do help the community. I'm not being a commercial, man. I'm just impressed that you do that stuff. Um, I really, and I, man, I really appreciate the uh, roast I got from there. That meat is incredible. And over Thanksgiving, I was uh, talking with a friend about it who also gets his meat from your place. And as he says, man, he has to splurge and go there a couple times a week. We do get a lot of compliments, especially people sending to Facebook. Uh, You know, you start with the, I'm sure I like to say that it's always uh, credit should be taken by a chef, the person who prepared it, but it always helps to start with a good piece of meat. Yeah, and when I'm eating that stuff raw, I'm not crediting <laughs> anybody but the cow, uh, for sure. Um, now, did did you break any laws with Thanksgiving? How many people did you have over? Because, Stephen, I'm sure there were people outside your driveway counting <laughs> the cars coming in. Uh, only immediate family, So, but we do have uh, four kids, uh, and uh, you know they have friends, so uh, I, I think we stayed within CDC-mandated uh, you know, rules and regulations. Are you willing to go on record with that? (laughs) (laughs) Because I broke rules. (laughs) Oh, good, good. It's good to hear it. And uh, it had to be a good time. Um, Did you see the dispatch this week? Yes, I did. did. Of course I did. I uh, actually uh, quite mesmerized by this. uh, This is a centerfold, two full page. And it looks like in, you know, Declaration of Independence to me. And with the wordage, especially, we are the people, we are undersigned. I, what I would like to begin uh, today's program is I would like to begin by pointing out that no one who is involved on the Pulpit Rock project in any way discounting the importance of preserving the, the rock and uh, this special uh, plot of land. In fact, prior to any designation of this area, thorough archaeological, geological, and historical studies were conducted to truly understand the historic significance of Pulpit Rock. If any. And uh, all, all of it was done with the intention not only to preserve it, but also open it up to easier public access and appreciation. I, uh, without patting too much uh, myself on the back, I would say that uh, we're probably the only people, we're the people in charge of preservation, the only people who has specifically done something to date. Absolutely. You know, for years, it's actually for centuries, it's been sitting there just the one rock in a farm field that the farmers perhaps found too difficult to move off to the stone walls on the side. And um, that's how it's remained. And uh, those of us who are from Warwick, you know, those of us who noticed it never attached any importance to it. It doesn't have any uh, actual historical or cultural importance to the town, the village, or New York State at large. In fact, uh, you have a letter from the State Office of uh, Parks and uh, Historic Recreation saying that uh, there's no, it doesn't qualify for landmark status or anything. And, uh, you know, based on exhaustive searches, Uh, of its name you know sometimes newcomers to the area kind of get led into the and there are a lot of them you know people have only been here for a few years and we're really stoked to have them a lot of them get this idea that oh yeah well this is significant because one or two nimby people people who don't want a a boutique hotel near their their yard are against your project so they say oh save pulpit rock and some people who have an association with pulpit rock have this because as a a huge state park uh, up north in this state called, you know, uh, Pulpit Rock State Park. And uh, there are pulpit rocks, as you know, all over the world, the most notable in Norway. Yep. 
So it's, you know, there are, there's a lot of um, overnight folklore uh, that was really manufactured uh, for the tiny handful of elitists who are against this uh, this project that will bring great prosperity to Warwick and it will absolutely be a huge ecological plus and really do wonderful things for sustainability and for the environment at large here in Warwick, New York. And I think some of those measures that are planned to implement were listed in the very same issue of uh, Dispatch. Uh, I believe page 15 addresses those. And there's more, uh, obviously, that uh, we're going to keep bringing up and covering. Uh, but uh, I always, uh, and I keep repeating myself, but I s- always uh, stated that having such a treasured community heirloom hidden in the cornfield, <laughs> overtaken by weeds and overgrowth, crumbling and nearly forgotten, is not preserving it. So the people who are, we, the undersigned people, urge uh, Warwick Town Board to take action towards preservation of the pulpit rock property, yet it doesn't articulate what exactly uh, we know who these people are it's mainly comprised of uh, who is who of greenbelt preservation society i feel like i don't want to clump everybody together uh, you know because i see also some uh, names that obviously got lured or bought into this uh, preservation movement by the fancy slogan of uh, greenbelt preservation society I, I mean, I, we all, we've all done that. We've all had a family friend or just a friend who said, hey, you know, I'm, I, you know, I want to save the dolphins. Will you sign this? You don't say no. You know, you sign the thing. Oh, yeah. You know, little Timmy wants to save a, a nondescript stone somewhere on the edge of the village here in the town of Warwick. Yeah, yeah, give me that, Timmy. I'll sign it. I mean, that's normal and that's nice. And not only that, I, I believe that uh, after all, we all want the same thing. We want to preserve the history of the town we all live and love, uh, you know. Well, some want to, and some of us are actually taking real action toward that end. Very true. But some of these people, uh, and, and I see that it's peppered uh, uh, within members of Greenbelt Preservation Society. And if you start reading, this is uh, not only who is who of Greenbelt Preservation <laughs> Society. This is also people that uh, Warwick Police uh, getting very familiar with. I, uh, oh, yeah. I see uh, Abigail Ashley. Uh, that's the name that has been identified by Warwick PD during investigation into election interference a defacing of the uh, election signs and uh, sure yeah as the person who paid and ordered and paid for at the local print shop all these materials that has been distributed to senior centers in a process that uh, you know obviously all those are no soliciting properties no trespassing there's many laws has been brought uh, in the process now that's interesting you mentioned that uh this person was responsible for things that were interfering interfering in the election. Now that <clears throat> that was the election in the village of Warwick, where Correct. this rock is not. But you happened to be running for office there, and for that reason alone, they opposed your run, even though it would not affect anything having to do with the pulpit rock site or preservation for that at matter. all. So what this tells me. It, it's absolute evidence, incontrovertible evidence, that these people don't have a, a problem so much with the rock as they have Stephen with you. It's personal. Um, you know, one of the people who's listed on here is a, our uh, deputy historian, Sue Gardner. And Sue really did some wonderful stuff for our own historical society over in Sugarloaf when we were incorporating. She was really helpful and she's very knowledgeable. And um, she is a font of information and especially of. Um, good administrative know-how and patience. But she said to me early on when I was first speaking to her about starting the Sugarloaf Historical Society, don't let them blue blood you. And I said, blue blood me? She goes, yeah, that's where they use a bunch of local names to oppose you because two historical societies opposed our incorporation because they thought they'd lose grants to us. So Sue Gardner, the town of Warwick's deputy historian, you know, uh, yeah, deputy historian, said, uh, don't let them blue blood you. These other groups will use old names to get on their side and they'll start soliciting these old names and abusing them to make it look like there's this big groundswell of historic uh, defense against you. And I see that with this silly centerfold ad that these people, now, you know, I obviously you and I know this newspaper really well. My cousin still publishes it. And this ad was very expensive. Now, you know, maybe uh, the editor or someone gave them a nice break. Why not, you know, uh, do that for a not-for-profit? But I see this as peppered with a lot of really old Warwick names, and I don't think that's by coincidence. I mean, if you want to get a lot of signatures, go to the condo communities. You'll get thousands. Mm-hmm. But instead, these people were 
pretty, pre pretty slick. They got a bunch of real old blue blood names, exactly what Sue Gardner said that people do in these situations uh, where they're being a little disingenuous and they put them on here. And I think a lot of these people associated with these names, if they understood the actual underhand behavior, actual crimes of the people who who behind this. Yeah. And those uh, like I said, the, we have uh, uh, once again, we have uh, Stephen Gross that we know who is a hired gun for sale, so to speak, you know, oh, okay. you know, Stephen Gross, I have to tell you, he best exemplifies your opposition. And I'll explain why and I won't take up too much time. Steve. he after or actually before I met you, I wrote a letter to the editor because I was so tired. I came back into the States and I was so tired of seeing these letters and, and these uh, social media posts from these people saying, oh, there's great biodiversity on this site. And it's, a, you know, a, a sterile field. So I wrote a letter to the editor. This Stephen Gross guy just wrote us this really sad, absolutely lie filled letter saying just questioning my credibility calling me names essentially and saying bad things and things that didn't happen i'm thinking well why did this person take this to a personal level i'd only met him once at an embarrassing garage sale at his house where he really scared me following me around and uh i felt like i needed to shower after i got out of there but anyway this guy's acting like we have this long uh personal relationship but they make everything personal i think maybe after uh, a quick word after the break we should probably continue with this yes yeah for sure Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. You're just trying to be better. We're just trying to help. The John Tash Radio Show. Monday through Saturday, starting at 3 p.m. Tash.com. After a long day, we're here to keep you company with great soft rock and interesting information you can use. Radio worth listening to. Hi, it's Paul Skevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County legislators on the Thursday morning roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. And we're back with the Free Speech Show. Uh, this is Stephen Keeter and Jay Westervelt in the studio. We're discussing Palpit Rock petition uh, addressed to the uh, town officials, I guess. Yeah, and, town uh, board. Or town, to board. The town board, yeah. Uh, by the way, one of those names, uh, I see Eileen Patterson. She was a member of uh, Village Board, and Village Board has uh, as much interest expressed in uh, this, or rather none, uh, expressed in the buying of uh, preserving this property. And she has been a board member or trustee for the past 15 years. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So, if, you know, again, it's one of these overnight interests. I'm sure prior to this whole thing, she'd never heard of it. Uh, I Frankly, I've never heard of her. And, you know, I mean, I grew up here. Uh, what and the, if a village official wanted, they could sort of self petition to attach it. What's they, the word again? Annexation. annexation. They, they, they should have pursued annexation. And, uh, you know, if they had a particular preservation goal in, in hand that, uh, you know, but once again, I don't see even in here, it's an expansive ad taken in centerfold, doubled the full pages. There's not an articulate uh, sort of like call to how exactly do you preserve? Isn't that what we have been doing for, for the past two years? Yeah, by far, and not just not just preserving, but since I've I've met you, certainly we've really established a real plan, a, a very well thought out plan to enhance the ecology there and really preserve the rock better. But uh, I have to tell you, it's it's getting to be uh, difficult to do because uh, just pure opposition. These people who didn't preserve anything uh, to date themselves, they're making it more difficult for us to preserve and move it forward because we're constantly uh, battling, if uh, not. Uh, you know, illegal acts that these people commit, and not all of them. Once again, I don't want to clump everybody together whose signature is on this page. No, but no, most most of these signatures 
they definitely don't know anything about this because I know a lot of these people personally. And if they knew the actual crimes that these people have committed and the lies, the abject lies and personal attacks, they would have nothing to do with these clowns. I see the name of the Tara Lambert, and I believe I offered to Miss Lambert a couple of uh, programs uh, ago. She put out uh, another, you know, outcry uh, to harass public officials. And I think she provided uh, uh, town supervisors uh, emails and phone numbers and uh, put a call out there to, to the people to, to start calling, uh, essentially, in uh, voicing their opinion. At the same time, she claimed, I said something on a program, w- which I didn't. And I argued and I said, if you, and these programs are recorded, by the way, and you can always review them and listen to them Anyone can review very them. carefully on the pulpitrockin.com. And uh, if uh, the statement that Ms. Lambert stated that I said, I said, I'll did, uh, give you the rock. You said you'd give it to her if she can just prove that she wasn't lying. Absolutely. Stephen, this Tara Lambert person is a liar. She's proven it time and again. It has been proven once and again. Uh, This person was sort of like trying to be my best friend on social media. And the moment I wrote that letter, all of a sudden she was all over social media just saying, well, this guy's a stalker. Great, show me the money. Please prove it. She couldn't. She makes up these things. This is this, and this is the heart of the ugliness of these people. I don't know where Tara Lambert's from. She is not from Warwick. Her attitude certainly shows that she's not, and that this is the way they approach a problem. Uh, Stephen, if I have a problem with my neighbor or there's something I don't like, I talk with them. And at the end of the day, if they don't change their mind, that's life. It's a free country, you know. If they're not Absolutely. screwing me over, screwing up the air quality or something, fine. Um. I don't make it personal. I don't say, well, you know, Bob has a bonfire, so, you know, therefore he sucks and he's a child molester. That's not how you handle things. No, in this life. is personal. This is personal. This, is this people personal. Uh, went to a great uh, length uh, going after me personally, and, uh, you know, and going after the project, and they broke many laws in, uh, in the process. Uh, I see. Oh, yeah. That, yes, they did. And that's why it's been, being treated as a crime scene. And this Professor Morley, who is part of that cabal, who's part of the execution of a lot of those actions on that property, wrote a letter to the paper very upset that the property is now posted. Absolutely. Kind of interesting. And once again, and it's thanks to uh, the people who are actually pushing it. We here right now, uh, because of uh, those demands, those demands, sell it, put it for sale. I always said that those people are fake and phonies. And I said, okay, if you wish, I'm a man of my word, I'm going to do it. So now it is. And the best way of preservation, I think this $1,000 or in excess of it that has been spent on this ad, put it in a cup. Yeah, Put it towards sure. the purchase. Make sure that the, that, that goes something uh, has a meaning. Yeah, and there are a lot of wealthy patrons and also a lot of people who like to self-purport to some sort of wealth in their little, uh, their sad movement. Well, let them buck up and kick the money in. And further, these guys have incorporated um, as a not-for-profit, so therefore it's it's really on them to start trying to find matching grants. And if they were effective, that's what they would do. But the problem is they still behave more like panhandlers. They still behave more like collectively some guys standing by the bridge with Windex and a paper towel instead of actually doing the hard work of researching grants, contacting potential grantors, and getting the money together. You know, it's it's incredible to me because Again, I'm, you know, I'm on the helm of numerous not-for-profits. If I were on the helm of this one, I think I could have gotten uh, matching grants for this already and purchased yeah, the land but from See, this, is, this was never about preservation. It has no. nothing to do with the view, obstructing view, bug turtle, endangered species, uh, historical significance or, or, or absent thereof. It's all about, it's one, it's a personal. It's a personal It is, and that's why these same people, including this professor, Ramapo College professor James Morley, who wrote a letter to the editor, Save Pulpit Rock, without ever actually mentioning any kind of plan. These people have zero action plan. But anyway, this guy also wrote letters and went nuts on social media against your run for the village, which this project's not even in the village. It's personal with these people. That's all it is. And, you know, it's funny, uh, like with this fellow, with his letters, he, he sort of tries to use this heft of being a professor at this nearby college, that's Ramapo College in Mawa, New Jersey, and I don't think the university can really be happy about the fact that he's involved in these illegal actions on the site, and he's opposing you in all different ways. It sort of shows it's not really about preservation at all. He just doesn't like your accent. Well, 
But see, I do. Well, I can speak, uh, like I, I said before, I can do it in five languages. <laughs> and uh, each and every single one I do speak with an accent, but I do uh, it uh, somewhat fluently. Uh, I also see that uh, it, it would be okay for these people to voice their disagreement. We're all entitled to our opinions. Uh, but in the process, they go far and beyond. They stage trespassing expeditions. They introduced uh, foreign materials to the site. Yeah, you know what? Let's not be polite. I don't mean to interrupt you, Stephen, but it's what I do best. Introducing foreign materials to the site. I mean, even myself in my ecological uh, surveys of the site, which happened after your archaeologists who know what they're doing went through, I found you know, little arrowheads and uh, stone axes laying on top of grass. Now, a stone axe or an arrowhead lose, used last year wouldn't be on top of the grass. Something used a thousand years ago certainly wouldn't be. So after these guys were flying a drone and you identified who they were parked at Tara Lambert's property, going in with a drone for whatever reason, afterward artifacts were found on the site. And this is after your archeologicals were done. Uh, that's interesting because you and I had met with uh, a wonderful PhD archaeologist numerous times. And, very um, renowned person. Very renowned. And he had said, you know, we were just talking and passing at an unrelated meeting and we mentioned the drone and he stopped. I think he stopped you and said there was a drone. Well, that's what's used to pepper people like this used to pepper sites with artifacts, false artifacts and artifacts from other areas. And there were known instances of the very people who were involved in this uh, site. Since exactly. Right now it's uh, being treated as an uh, open crime scene. Where, um, I don't think uh, I should be at liberty to, to name those no. people. But at the same time, this is not a, uh, the isolated uh, instance or issue. It has been happened before. Yeah, and you know, even it's funny that uh, PhD archaeologists told us that some of the people who publicly spoke against this were involved in other situations where he saw artifacts that he himself had found in the field accession to a museum were then borrowed from the museum by another academic who then said, wow, look, I found this on this other site. He was kind of shocked by it and just shook his head and, you know, he, he was disgusted. I have to say about... Oh, gosh, at this point, really 20 years ago, there was a kind of similar thing. Somebody was worried that uh, a local developer was going to build a building on top of Sugarloaf Mountain. That wasn't actually his plan, but it was really good action on everyone's part just to make sure we headed that off. The bottom line is, as soon as this started, all of a sudden there were these new studies being done with interns out in the woods around Sugarloaf Mountain, where I grew up, where I hunted and camped out all the time. Suddenly, in areas that I knew very well, Stephen, totally flat areas of leaves, there were these stone structures built on top of, you know, last autumn's leaves. And they were saying, well, these are clearly signs of, uh, you know, some paleoamarind uh, culture. And I think the same thing pretty clearly is what they're trying to do with your site. I just don't understand why instead of all of this subterfuge and these sideshow tricks, these people don't just articulate a plan of action. In the words of Ernest Hemingway, when he was speaking to Marlena Dietrich, when she was taking on yet another film project, he said, hey, never mistake motion for action. And unfortunately, these people have a lot of motion in every direction. They're incredibly disorganized, incredibly angry, ugly people who have no yeah. joy, but no real action and no no call for yeah, action. Yeah, I think we successfully uh, has been beaten back uh, the accusations of, or rather, you know, they, they throw in the speculations of endangered species on being oh, outside. Oh, that was brutal. Uh, environmental concerns. And, you know, it uh, essentially it hurts me to read some of this uh, ill-informed, factless and opinion-driven comments that serve to misinform the public, not only about the history of the site, but about me as a person uh, and about our vision for the future project. I guarantee you the hotel will come to Warwick. It's much needed. I guarantee you it will be put, uh, if not uh, in near future, in a year from now, it's going to be maybe in a couple of years. But uh, I can't guarantee you that they're they battling me and they're fighting me so hard. Who can guarantee that the person who comes and tries to build it is going to be a local guy who uh, lives close by, who has, been, uh, has a proven record, has been a member of the community and cares about what it's going to look like? Yeah, now that's a great point. And, <clears throat> you know, before we start running with the fantasy that the land would just continue fallow for another decade without your intervention. Remember that the adjoining parcel was sown, uh, sold by the same farming family. I think it's more like 20 acres. It sold for 1.9 million 
Over 10 years ago, yep. I believe? Uh, nine years. Nine uh, years. Nine years ago, it was, yep. And uh, it's not going to stay like this forever. None of these parcels will stay like this. Orange and Rockland uh, described that and already announced plans that the substation will go there. What is that going to look like? And why aren't they opposing that? Why is nobody opposing that? Oh, I get it, because you, you're not the person putting the substation in. I guarantee if the person with this hotel project, which is a hotel project that endeavors to use the classic architecture of Warwick in the cottages that, that comprise part of the hotel around it, that's going to make the original building sort of give the feeling of one of the original old uh, Warwick uh, Grand Hotels from the Gilded Era of Warwick. If one of them had their name on this, they would be supporting it 100%. They would certainly, if they're truly preservationists, support the proposed features that we articulate in our uh, ad. Absolutely. And uh, on page 15, and we start talking about it uh, on Wednesday. Um, I think we should probably continue and let people know what a wonderful addition it's going to be to our community. Uh, and we just sp uh, we were speaking, another two names that uh, sort of like jump at me uh, going over the list of uh, the We Are The People uh, opus here is uh, Marie Penning and Michael Penning. Um, uh, Mr. Penning, Mike Penning, has been a uh, guest on our call-in show. Uh, he voiced his opinion very clearly. I think he made it abundantly clear that he didn't want to donate it he didn't want to give it to neither town or village. He was totally against it. But now that that property is sold for profit, he's asking for that to be uh, eminent domain. And he's signing uh, the petition once again for preservation, which uh, do you see any direction? Do you see any, uh, did they articulate how, what's their vision of preserving? No, and this is what bothers me. And I think... This is something that maybe, you know, you having grown up in a communist country, me having lived in a communist country in the late 80s, there's something kind of scary. They say, we are calling for our elected officials to consider all possible actions that can be taken toward the preservation of this special property. Now, the reason I mentioned communism is to me, I'm not one of these people who's worried about communists at, a, at every corner at all, but it's kind of scary to just tell the, your government, well, you guys come up with a plan. You know, we're, we don't have anything to suggest. We have no ideas, but mm, you guys consider all actions. Yeah, it says say? we urged. Uh, I think it's the same word which has been used uh, in 2019. Uh, Tim Hall was writing, we demand. Now we urge. So it's still uh, what yet between now and then in two year time, not a single concrete step. Yet if you flip that the page to page 15, now, we're describing in a great detail here uh, the vision for the hotel and, and absolute concrete measures that has been proposed to make it eco-friendly and uh, fully integrated. Yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, the, we actually bullet 16 of them. And if anybody picks up the dispatch uh, and looks at page 15, you'll see it. And, you know, if you don't mind, Stephen, can I mention one or two of them Absolutely, please do. You know, the first one we mentioned are sustainable water and energy systems. And that, you know, obviously uh, solar power and water collection cisterns, the type that we're using the turn of the century throughout New York City for our gardens, et cetera, uh, will be part of the project. So we're, we're catching a lot of the excess rainwater that might go to otherwise go toward the creek. Further, as part of that, we're also using pervious parking surfaces. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that we don't get these huge swaths of runoff after a big rain, but it goes back into the soil pretty easily. One of my favorite things is the uh, installation of pollinator gardens, which include specific milkweed patches to help our local monarch populations rebound. And they've been rebounding pretty well. You know, this last autumn we saw more than we've seen in certainly over 10 years. But to put that on this site where there used to just be this fallow sort of, you know, just nasty invasive grass is, is really nice. It's a real ecological, you know, um, step forward. When we have all these units there for the hotel, then having around them these beautiful pollinator gardens and all, it will increase biodiversity a lot. We're also going to have thistle gardens for thistle plants to help the native finches. Uh, we're, we've already begun removing the invasive plants uh, that have been eroding the rock and kind of tearing at it. And um, that's bittersweet primarily. And we're replacing that with native plants around the rock. So we get sort of more of the real look that the rock should have had maybe one, 200 years ago with the nice native plants. 
the canoe launch on the Way Wayanda. Now your site has one of the nicest spots to launch into the Way Wayanda. It's almost like a sandy beach there on that one oxbow. And right there, we're gonna have a really nice kayak and canoe launch. And this will be publicly accessible. Right now, there's nothing like that. Exactly. And I would like to, once again, we, we never had a dialogue. This people seems to, uh, you know, I, I said it before, the paper and a pen, uh, they don't uh, uh, turn red. They don't have no shame. They, you know, you can put anything. But I, Dostoevsky, I, I, was it? <laughs> well, it is. Uh, but I would invite them to call in and open a dialogue and see what exactly, how, what's their vision for uh, preservation. Because doing nothing, doing nothing is not a preservation. No, it's not. And, you know, Professor James Morley really, for lack of a better uh, descriptor, he sort of went bananas on Facebook on me because he was talking about how the site has all this Manitou for, you know, he does a lot of cultural appropriation of genuine, sincere Native American beliefs to sort of make himself look, you know, a little more cultured or something. These people do this just like they wanted to abuse me as somebody who could lie and say, oh, there's bog turtles and cricket frogs there. And that's what I was getting from these people. They wanted to you know, yep. pay me to say that. Well, they, they do the same thing. They start treating Native Americans the same way. Hey, why don't you guys say this is sacred? And None of it, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Please. none of it has been uh, backed up by any of the studies. And we went in a great depth uh, researching. And so we can understand the historical significance, what it means to ingenious people, what it, what it means, what the history that this rock holds. And the answer is none. So no, none. And, and you know, when you look at it, uh, in the, it, I think after the break, uh, we can Absolutely. go into that. All right. Let's listen to the sponsors. <laughs> Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. WTBQ for the afternoon, look for a mix of sun and clouds. Can't rule out a brief sprinkle. Most places will remain dry around or just over 50. Tonight, mainly clear, colder, 25 to around 30. Sunday, plenty of sun and pleasant, 50 to 55. Clouding up Sunday night, and it looks like a wet one on Monday. Cloudy with rain developing that may be heavy at times. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. We are back with the Free Speech Show with Jay Westerveld and Stephen Keeter here. We're discussing uh, pulpit rock preservation issues and different kind of views that, uh, you know, different people have uh, associated with that uh, project. I uh, would like to uh, welcome people. Uh, we're accepting, obviously, call-ins, but uh, anybody who has any questions re related to the project, I would welcome your uh, sort of comments and call-ins to hear it from uh, firsthand from people who are involved and working on a project. From me and Jay, and not to buy into this uh, empty rhetoric uh, that, uh, you know, somebody took two-page uh, centerfold and uh, trying to sway, uh, I understand, either the planning board or town officials, we, which cannot be done. Uh, you know, everything that we do and follow uh, is strictly mandated by the state and uh, municipality. Uh, we're not asking for any favors. We're not cutting any corners. The property is zoned for it. And as such, I think we have a very, very good vision of what uh, the, the property should be uh, des designated for. And uh, we have also 
number of uh, features that uh, has been proposed to echo integrate the project into the uh, that specific lot and uh, jay was going over it um jay uh, i'm sorry to interrupt uh, do you mind to taking over and continue with the, some of those proposed features no that doesn't i quit <laughs> absolutely Stephen. yeah you know, that's no interruption i mean we we had to take a break it's interesting because the the net value ecological value of the site will be increased after the project comes to fruition after completion the site will have higher biodiversity it will have then it's currently uh, than it currently has than it has in my lifetime and i used to pass it going to school every day back in the 1970s <coughs> but uh yeah that's you know it will finally be something that has beautiful diverse plantings in fact one of the things we want to do and it's i think number eight in uh rather number nine in our list of 16 bullets on page 15 of the latest warwick uh dispatch we want to have the high, highest biodiversity plantings in the hudson valley that's easier to do than it sounds we're just going to have the the greatest number of different kinds of shrubs and herbaceous plants and stuff there of anywhere else and that attracts more different kinds of birds and things that attract you know in turn attract others and it will make it a much more richly biodiverse site it will help the overall ecology of warwick much much more we see this often in some of the um preserves around here where they've changed plantings and they've done um active management of some of the plantings we see birds and other animals move in that were not previously seen in warwick and we'd like this site to become one of them even though it's only 9.9 .9 acres we can definitely do a beautiful postage stamp uh, microsystem here. So we we were talking about that uh, canoe and kayak launch. That will be publicly accessible, and that will be really nice for people. And that's one of the benefits of having uh, this uh, land preserved for public access. Absolutely, and that you know that's the beauty of it is that you will have the Pulpit Rock Inn uh, boutique hotel there, and there will be these public access areas, which you know they, your guests can use obviously, and so can people here in Warwick and from anywhere around. Um, we also, the, oh, the next thing, bird nest boxes. I want to get one purple martin box started there. Purple martins, for people who don't know, are a giant swallow. They live in those colonial houses. And by colonial, I mean it's a nest box with a lot of holes in it, and they, they have nesting colonies. Now, before I was born, they were really common in this area. And when I was a kid, they didn't exist in this county. And there were no more purple martins now when i let's see in the late 70s and early 80s there was one martin box in new paltz and then a few other nearby and now right here just on the border of warwick and chester at the bruderhof community there's a very good martin box with a really great community of, of martins growing there and if we put one on this site and this site is perfect with its position with uh, the creek and all we'll definitely get a colony going there from that other one you know what we call a recruitment colony and that should be really easy along with the bluebird boxes the tree swallow boxes the barred owl boxes that i want to put up and the screech owl boxes we will do those right underneath the rock because the rock is such a pretty feature even if it doesn't have any cultural or ecological significance we will have meditation and yoga garden not something that obtrudes into the rock or takes up its energy but something that celebrates it in its shadow right and it was never ever discussed or even considered that uh, they were to demolish or somewhat destroy the rock and uh, i want to say you hear it from here from me i uh, the builder who proposing the project and the uh, on the property that we would like to retain this uh, rock as a focal point of pro proposed project and the whole community absolutely and that's you know for the first time it will be and you know to that end uh we'll have an area also just out from the meditation garden where there it's sort of a picnic area set up for locavore picnics and foraging hikes that we'll actually set up ourselves interestingly Stephen, i remember on uh, my first show or you know first episode of my show here on wtbq that's tales and trails monday mornings uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned uh that you forage for mushrooms and then in shiitake mushrooms right in your backyard absolutely which are uh, common here in warwick and uh, you know uh, which is a favorite pastime of many europeans this is yes, how is. Uh, you know we, we used to get familiar and uh, get to know which mushrooms is poisonous it's it's sort of it's not a 50 50 kind of chance you have to know what you're doing but uh, taking uh, tours and explaining people we have a wonderful uh, variety of mushrooms that are grown locally 
Yeah, right there on the site. I think we can. Yep. You can even lead hikes there, maybe with a botanist, so that you're not the, you're not at risk <laughs> if somebody eats the wrong one. And uh, we're, we're going to have foraging hikes. I'm definitely going to lead quite a few of them uh, myself. We'll have a locavore garden right there where we'll grow heirloom tomatoes and other plants that will be used, you know, for these hikes and picnics. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And along with that would be number, what is this, 12, the Interpretive Nature Trail, which I hope to design something that starts around the rock. We'll be able to, because of the pH, the calcareous nature of the rock, we'll have some nice plants growing that are obligate uh, high pH users, calcareous rock users like walking fern, which is a beautiful, rather rare plant. We'll have those on the rocks so that people can see them in person. Now, you've done something similar with the Columbia in uh, Central Park in New York City, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I ran uh, a I ran a program for quite a long time with students at Columbia that was really great. Uh, and that was, it was a, an urban ecology program and we called them urban safaris. And so we took hikes of Columbia and what we do is with international executive students and, and then also business grad students, we would have them try to think of their own career path, their trajectory, their planted trajectory or their, their present trajectory in terms of natural selection and competition in nature. So we look for examples uh, with sort of the turtles and the ponds and the fish, we'd see mm -hmm. them, you know, uh, going after things, but also with the plants and the, the mammals and stuff in the ramble of Central Park. And it was wildly popular because what you learn as you become more educated in any discipline is that all systems are essentially the same. In fact, you know, not to get into fractals I, I and all that. I actually but. agree. And uh, my trip to Africa, uh, you know, like I've seen so many things that sort of mimic almost human behavior, like, and uh, to a degree you understand how deeply those are imprinted in nature. Yes, absolutely. So it's, you know, we have a lot of great ideas. One of the things I'm really pretty jacked about is the uh, Indigenous, Indigenous Peoples Cultural Center and potential powwow site. In fact, I reached out to um, a prominent and very cool chief of the Lenape. That's been a while ago, though. Yeah, that was back in the spring. And um, just to mention, hey, you know, we want to do this. I, I Because at the time, they were under a lot more pressure with their own celebrations because of COVID. I think they had to cancel their, yep. their scheduled powwow. And I thought, well, if a few of them can just do it even for their own purposes for their own spirituality. Hey, Stephen's got this plot of land. I'm working with Stephen. I'd like to see these guys I do remember you approaching me with that suggestion and I agreed to it and I think that would be a great idea. And uh, Yeah, never, you know, I sort of was going back and forth with the chief, but never went anywhere. And, you know, like myself, I think they just realized, well, there's no significance to the rock, so the site maybe isn't, you know, they have their own beautiful land uh, right down in Bergen, so I think right. maybe they found that better. Yet, I believe the hotel can be a great vehicle and a platform to start the exploration of Warwick and, and its history. Absolutely. Featuring local, uh, you know, like artist, artisan, uh, sort of like uh, the, you know, the points, uh, the landmarks that uh, people would like to go in and explore. And, uh, and that's bullet 13, actually, the local history yep. center and local artists and artisans gallery, which I think would be neat. And, uh, you know, so you, a lot of up and coming artists and artisans who maybe aren't part of the, you know, Wickham Works huddle. I mean, they might find a more open venue here to show their wares. And that, that might be kind of nice. And also a way to show real Warwick history. We could really do well, and we could have available there a nice uh, small bookstore for guests and for, you know, uh, Warwickians alike uh, with a lot of nice books, including Professor Hull's, you know, really comprehensive texts on the Absolutely. History. And Warwick does have a, a rich history of hotels uh, being in Warwick. I think on the turn of the century, there were more than half a dozen, uh, the most prominent of them being uh, Red Swan Inn. Uh, and I just want to read something that has been printed in June 1st, 1903 and see how that relevant and how that resonates actually today. Not excelled by any in New York State, the house is a strictly up-to-date hotel with all modern conveniences. It is located in Warwick, Orange County, New York, one of the most delightful spots anywhere to be found, on an elevation just at the edge of the village, hence it has the advantage of uh, being both in town and in the country. It's almost like, uh, you know, describing the vision, the project that we have, and what we're planning to do. Yet it has been describing hotel uh, in 1903, Red Swan Inn, 
And we would like to build on that history and we would like to revive and reestablish Warwick Historic Pioneer Carriage that would take people and guests alike to prominent spots in uh, around Warwick and its area, you know. Uh, yeah, just the eco-tours we can do at the Wallkill Marsh nearby, Appalachian Trail, Cat Rocks, certainly Pennings Farm Market, Wright uh, Family Farm, yep. those places in the autumn, Apple That Fest. will support local economy, that, yes. you know, and uh, local commerce. Uh, one of the suggested uses as well is a doggy park and playground. I'm a pet owner. I travel with my dogs. And one of the conditions I'm always looking for is the hotel that would offer that type of amenity. I'm, I gladly pay an extra fee uh, for the right to stay and take a family member, you know, because those are our family members uh, up with us on a and travel. But Stephen, don't you have two man-eating Rottweilers that I read about in <laughs> Professor Morley's okay. letter? to Professor Morley, yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, I do have uh, three, uh, you know, terriers, uh, which has nothing to do. But see, this is the, the uh, they developed <laughs> a, sorry, bad, a bad habit of uh, embellishing everything they talk about and twisting and lying. And it becomes almost like a staple mark of Greenbelt Reservation Society. Right, yeah, this professor complained publicly in a letter to the newspaper that, uh, you know, Mr. Keir walks his Rottweiler, his patrols, two Rottweilers. Patrols, patrols, patrols. Patrols daily. You're yep. walking either one or three terriers at a time. Yep. Uh, not exactly man-eaters. I know your dogs. I know the difference. I've worked with Rotties uh, at length. And just to say that, well, that's not an embellishment. That's a lie. Maybe it is. Maybe after the break, we'll continue uh, with more features proposed for the Pulpit Rock Inn. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Dr. Pierre-Louis, a clinical psychologist. I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. And we're back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld, and I am the semi-permanent guest here of Stephen Keeter, and we're talking about his Pulpit Rock Inn project, the boutique hotel that's coming into Warwick. And we were talking about that there was this opposition. They're essentially irrelevant, uh, you know, wannabe blue bloods who were, I, I don't think we ever have to belabor them again. They've sort of opposed this man at every turn, not just this project, but anything he's No, it doesn't matter. Him. It doesn't matter what, you, what you do, what I do. It, there's no way pleasing them. It's, it doesn't. So I would like to appeal to other people that uh, somehow Normal people. end up in there, uh, you know, maybe convinced that they're doing something or they, uh, you know, joined a preservation effort. These people never preserved anything. So unlike uh, them, we would like to maybe welcome some comments. And if uh, you uh, can think of something else that we so far has done or planned or, you know, put in a design for, for this project, uh, please reach out to call the program and uh, share your uh, vision, so to speak. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be today. I mean, you know, we're, the program's every Saturday. Give us a call next Saturday even. And also pulpitrockin.com is the, the website. Our Facebook page is at pulpitrockny, as in New York, at pulpitrockny. Just go there and you can reach out to us there if you don't want to make a phone call or meet in person. And um, maybe rational, uh, civil people will actually make some suggestions and we can talk about whether or not we can implement them. We can explore manners by which we might implement them. And at the end of the day, perhaps we can and will implement them. I think we all, no one is more interested in the preservation of this rock or this site than is Mr. Keeter. And Stephen, you've already spent over half a million just in Secra. 
uh, studies, et cetera, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you're really, you know, you want to see it through. You're going to see it through. The hotel will go in and it's going to be really, it's going to be a spectacular win-win. No, absolutely. And uh, this is why we started with those uh, comprehensive studies that were conducted truly understand the significance and what uh, it represents, what that uh, plot of land, lot of land holds. For sure, for sure. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think the idea, the thesis here is to just maintain public access to the rock for our future generations and improve the habitat value and uh, celebrate celebrated as a unique feature even absolutely if it, even if it lacks real historic merit uh real cultural merit or anything that doesn't matter it's nice it's pretty it is pretty and uh, we can uh, uh, as a community we can capitalize on, on that we can bring uh, visitors and uh, have opened the site to visitors and local likes to come and enjoy it uh, you know and uh, Whatever little history dating back postcards that appeared in the turn of the century, that can be put on a display, that can be celebrated, that could be shined light on. And uh, once again, we are the people who are actually doing something about it. Yeah, and we, we will see it through, and the, the studies have been comprehensive for sure. And I just think it would be nice if maybe next week's program some people can call in they don't have to give their surname you can just say you know this is bob from greenwood lake and let us know what you feel we should be doing let us know what the lack is but just opposing something for the sake of opposing something isn't real action at all and it's not civil no, i haven't once again this greenbelt preservation society has been in existence from the very moment we put an application in, it didn't start it before. It's only started to sort of like an overnight appreciation these people gained as a result of, I believe, that me not using a particular uh, person for the research that has yeah. been conducted. Sure. So the family member took it uh, too close to his heart, I guess, and uh, started this opposition group. And uh, two years in the making, I haven't heard one single concrete suggestions or they didn't articulate uh, what exactly do they mean by preservation? Doing nothing, people just listen to me. Doing nothing is not a preservation. No, and the, you know, this is a sort of thing, it, it, it's like the old model of like protection in the mob, some sort of Sopranos thing like, oh, he didn't use our guy. He, he didn't talk to our historian. Well, we're gonna make sure he doesn't go into existence. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the fellow who started that preservation group, um, who was very twisted about the fact that you didn't use his dad for any of the historical, um, literature or anything for the site, um, for the process, his exact words uh, in founding this village Greenbelt Preservation Society was, let's make this guy miserable. And that is not that something he said. It's not a he, she said, hearsay. It's in writing. He put it out there. And that's Facebook, that's what should be served almost like a mission statement for Greenbelt Preservation Society. Let's make society. this guy miserable. And yeah. I think that's why in this recent ad they have in the paper, they changed their name once again. Now it's just the Warwick Preservation Society. Oh, they can change, you know, uh, once again, you can change uh, the uh, name as many times. I believe we've been through this with the Greenway Preservation <laughs> Society, true. with the Green Belt. With the village green belt, yeah. Now it's just Warwick. I mean, these people they almost uh, weekly. It's it's a new name, it, but it's still the same players. It's and it's still, still the, the same. And ever since they incorporated in August, it's still the same corporate registration number. And they have to be very careful about that. They can DBA all they want. But it all comes down to Oh, yeah, to he what? can uh, call himself any, any way you like, but the social security that attached to a person is essentially uh, the same number that... Uh, same one. thing, same thing. And, you know, you have to wonder after a while, why would any organization that's about preservation or betterment or, you know, any, any altruism have to be so secretive? And why do they have to keep changing names? Why do they make their little Facebook well, group? Well, because in doing so, in uh, masking onto their preservation efforts, they ready to step over any any line of any letter of the law and just like they calling for elected official to consider all all possible actions i'm not quite sure what to how to assign a way you know but this is what these people were doing i we have screenshots that were they wink wink a good idea to introduce endangered species right to the side right 
they uh, suggested uh, you know hire somebody who to find and bring something to the site yeah me yeah well you know here's a funny thing if it were a site that had real habitat value like you know some of the marshes around wickham lake or you know um certainly glenmare and they were doing these things and making these suggestions of illegal things yeah it would suck it's illegal but i'd still say hey you know i, I give them points for at least trying for being the monkey wrench gang but they're doing this about a sterile extremely small plot of land that has no ecological uh, significance no cultural significance only because one of the best friends of the little guy who started the uh organization her land juts into the property and she doesn't want to lose her property value and really that's what it comes down to that one person one person's selfishness and greed is getting all these other people onto this ugly wagon of character assassination of good people who have done a lot of good, an incredible amount of thankless good for this community. And this is one of the real problems of the, the paradigm of contemporary America. Nobody can just disagree on things and move on and say, hey, dude, you know what? I, I don't like chocolate ice cream. I like vanilla, but you don't suck, you know? But unfortunately, we've become something else. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, like it's it pains me to see the same uh, names that we know have been uh, entangled and involved in all those illegal activities and right next to them to see people that actually probably bought into the idea without knowing any better for uh, sure hey so you know again hey uncle bob will you sign this petition oh yeah sure sure timmy here you go yeah you know, I, I think we should uh, do more research and see what green belt preservation society or warwick preservation society as they called themselves last week next week could be something else what are these people all about I think if we just leave them alone, they'll change their name. You know, so many times they'll be the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it certainly makes an, a nice memento, a souvenir for those people involved. I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, a good portion of it. And I know exactly who's going to frame it and put it over the mantle. Oh, yeah. And I know people who's going to say, hey, Ma, look, I'm an activist. Yeah. Well, My right. name is right here, right here. See, uh, you know what? At, at this point, they've rendered themselves irrelevant. You know, it's, it's fun to talk about them on the radio. It's fun to let people know look you may not want to be associated with these scales but at the end of the day they are irrelevant it's nice to talk as you keep suggesting to me hey you know we have so many great things on our plans we should share more of that you and uh, i agree with you you know your point absolutely because uh, you know there's certain uh, pieces to the puzzle there's certain procedures to follow which we have been uh, following diligently and uh, you know following the every letter of protocol uh, and the pretty pictures they not, don't come uh, until the uh, very end of the uh, review process. So, but I think it's important maybe for us to start uh, letting people know what the hotel is going to be all about, what it's going to look like, what it's going to uh, have, what kind of uh, amenities. And among those, we just mentioned a few, but uh, you can trust me, this is a program that has been developed by our very own uh, Jay Westervelt as a Vero Verde yeah. initiative. And there's way more in there that uh, I believe is going to make this hotel very superlative in so many ways and put it on a map and maybe even create a new standard that other hotels or hospitality industry that, uh, Jay, you very familiar with the, <laughs> yeah. you know, going after hospitality. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, yeah, a little well-known <laughs> critic of it globally. Yeah, for sure. So it's, you know, for me, it's especially exciting and invigorating to be a part of something where I can instead of you know deriding some horrific anti-ecological practices of the hospitality industry i can be a part of at least a model of some things even some proprietary measures that show how uh, really a hotel uh, or any you know hospitable house can be a part of the solution and really improve its its environs because uh, as i understand some of this and i've seen it we, we both ex uh, traveled extensively we've both been to different corners of the world uh, i know that uh, the need for the doggy park and playground oh. came from uh, me traveling uh, with a family and a dog and uh, I th I i've seen a kind of like really good examples where you have fake hydrant and the dogs running in yeah, between sure. sort of like a peeing spot and, and stuff like that but uh, i know that and I'm sure some of it probably you've seen and observed someplace else, but some of it are brand new and proprietary, just like you said. Definitely. And it's going to be really nice to have that model in Warwick, as if there aren't enough reasons to come to Warwick. It's so nice to have, you know, something refreshing and new and different that, by the way, is going to help the local businesses, especially the, uh, you know, eateries. Tremendously. God, Everything. It's going to trickle down to every single merchant down the main street, down to every single home-based business, every artisan 
every uh, artist, it's going to benefit the whole community. Just uh, statistically speaking, and I don't know, I, I don't think even they should have a pretty good understanding of history. Uh, I, I don't think these people ever mentioned that on the turn of the century, going back to 1900s to 1903, when uh, Red Swan Inn was, uh, you know, first open, there was more than half a dozen hotels in Warwick. Population of Warwick back then, 3,000. Today, it t- 10 times fold. Wow. Yeah, you know, and we, unfortunately, as a community... We don't have uh, if, uh, any sort of facilities to greet the visitors, to no, have the guests. As I keep saying, you know, we, we have things like Apple Fest. We have these great pubs, you know, legendary bars and stuff and just nice, you know, nice taverns in town. So we sort of have people come up from the city. We let them get all banged up and then uh, drive home in that condition. No way. Or, people are going to stay. Or they come nice in, hotel. they litter and they go uh, to hotels in uh, Walkill, in Middletown. Uh, Woodbury proposed sure. a couple of. So as a community, we're not benefiting. We're not really taking those benefits uh, to, to the extent that we should. For you sure. Know, and so uh, the Palpitrock Hotel is really, really going to give Warwick that uh, necessary, you know, accommodations that currently are lacking. And if you disagree, maybe next Saturday, call into the show. Show me I'm wrong. I'm not going to hate you. We're not going to hate you. We're not going to do what the <laughs> opposition does. We're not going to slam you on social media. Let's talk. I have uh, one more uh, little thing. So we have we continuously continuing uh, with the progress. And I have one of the professionals, uh, again, searching in the field and doing some research and studies. And uh, he, as you know, as a common courtesy, he gives a call and he said, well, I'm going to be in, in the field tomorrow. Are you sure you're not going to, your Rottweiler is not going to eat me up? Because <laughs> <laughs> Professor Morley apparently made it very, very clear in his editorial opus to, you know. So uh, if you want to hear things firsthand, if you want to hear from people who in, involved on day-to-day basis on the project, if you don't want to pick up the gossip from the bottom of the gutter, please call the program, please call uh, Free Speech. We're always here Saturdays at 11 a.m. And we'll be happy to talk more about it. All right. 